Welcome to Story Hooked, the podcast where we cast our line into the world of reading in search of books that make us happy. Ready to dive in? Let's get you hooked on a new book. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Story Hooked. And I know I say this every time, but I am so starstruck. I'm starstruck today to be chatting with Rebecca Ross. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. I am going to try to be super cool and not be weird, but I'm just such a huge fan. So thank you for being on here and uh, can't wait to chat with you. And um, I've got so many awesome questions from our listeners that can't wait to hear from you as well, which is so awesome. Um, for our listeners, I want to introduce Rebecca Ross to you, which if you haven't heard her name around, I, I would be shocked. But in case you haven't, let me introduce her to you. Rebecca Ross is the number one New York Times and Sunday Times bestselling author of fantasy books for teens and adults. She has written multiple highly acclaimed duologies, including Letters of Enchantment, Elements of Cadence, and The Queen's Rising, as well as two standalone novels, Dreams Lie Beneath and Sisters of Sword and Song. When not writing, she can be found in her garden where she plants wildflowers and story ideas. She resides in Northeast Georgia with her husband and her dog. Find her on Instagram and on her website. And I think this is so cool. I've seen on your Bookstagram or on your Instagram, on your stories, where you have that beautiful garden where you just have all this gorgeous, just there's plants and flowers, and it's just so, 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 so cool. Thank you. I will say I'm a, I'm still a very amateur gardener. Like I yeah. have gardened for <laughs> years now, but it's actually a lot of trial and error. And I've had some gardens that like. Were not so great in the past. I will say this past <laughs> summer, my garden did really, really well. But my husband's also a landscaper, so he knows a lot about plants. I'll be like, hey, like, where should I plant this plant? Or hey, what should I do about this? Like, I'm always asking him. Um, so yes, definitely, like, don't let me fool you. Like, I'm so like, highly amateur when it comes to plants. But I feel like I'm a little bit better with outdoor plants than indoor plants. I have definitely killed a few indoor plants. <laughs> Me too. Not really a green thumb myself, but that's so cool that he does landscaping and can help you with that. I must say, you can't even tell that you're, I don't see the amateur at all because it just looked, I'm glad it, I'm glad it did well this year. That's awesome. It did. Um, so I have just a few questions I want to ask you and then we'll get to some listener questions. Um, so grateful and so happy to have you on here. Um, a lot of people, um, a lot of my friends on Bookstagram, people that um, want to get to know you better were wondering, and I was also wondering this as well, if you could share with us a little bit of your background of how you started writing. When when did it begin? What was the start of the Rebecca Ross journey? Yeah, so I have been, let me back up. If you would ask me like when I was eight years old, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because you know, everyone kind of asks you that when you're in school. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to be an author. I, I said two things. It was an author, an Olympic equestrian. And obviously the Olympic equestrian did not work out. But um, <laughs> I always wanted to write books. And I can't remember a time when I wasn't reading and wasn't writing. It was something as a kid that I was constantly doing. 
And I really do think it was my love of reading that made me want to write my own stories. Like, for instance, I love The Saddle Club by Bonnie Bryant. And I wrote, like, I love The Saddle Club. Oh, my gosh. This is so good. And um, like I wrote my own ripoff, like it was like the bridal club about like three girls, like a complete copycat of Bonnie yes. Bryant. Um, but I think that's what you do when you're start when you're like a, a child or a kid, like or teens, like learning how to write. So you do kind of mimic the people, like the authors that yeah. you admire who have taught you um, that you spend a lot of hours reading their work. But um, I just I, I think it's like the only thing I've ever wanted to do was write books, and so. Um, I did it all as a teen. I was always like in my room writing stories by hand. And um, I decided to study English when I went to college because I loved reading and writing so much. Right. And so, yeah, again, it's just something that I've always wanted to do. It's the the number one thing like I have like wholly like devoted myself to uh, because it takes a lot of determination to like sit down and write a book and actually finish it. I think I wrote a lot of chapter ones that never went anywhere when I was like young, a young writer. Um, but I had this moment where after college I was working at a college, another college and it was a really good mm-hmm. job, but I realized like I was just working the same eight to five, eight to five, eight to five every day. And I wasn't mm-hmm. writing and I really wasn't reading at all. And this was maybe like three or four years post-college. Right. And I had this this morning I woke up and I was like, you know what? One day I'm going to look back on my life and I'll be like 75 years old, like reminiscing. And I'm going to realize that I never wrote a book because I didn't take it seriously. And I'm going to regret that. When I had that moment, I was like, okay, what do I need to do to actually write a fantasy novel like I've always wanted to do, like a full length fantasy novel? Right. Um, and it was hard because I was working this office job. Where I was looking at a computer screen all day. So like the last thing I wanted to do when I went home was like sit down and, and like look <laughs> at a screen and write. But I was just very diligent. And anytime I had off, whether it's the weekends um, and the evenings, early in the morning, lunch breaks, I started working on this book and I finished it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I finished this book. It was a pretty huge book, like probably like 130,000 word fantasy novel. A complete trial run, but it gave me the confidence like, okay, I actually can get this done. Um, And then a few months later, I had the idea for The Queen's Rising. And I I felt like I'm so glad I actually put the time into that other book, even though it never went anywhere. We'll never see the light of day. But it was like this practice run and this confidence boost. Like, okay, like I I know I can make it to the end. Like this is what's required of me. And so when I saw that that idea for the Queen's Rising, I sat down and I wrote it, and um, it came out like very quickly, and and that was like the beginning of my journey. Um, from there, I, I got a literary agent who was incredible, and then I sold the book to Harper Harper Teen back in 2015, and so yeah, that was the beginning of my journey. But wow. it was something from like a kid, like I knew it's all I ever wanted to do. Wow. Okay. That is so cool. I love asking this question to authors because everyone's story is so different. Everyone, like they either started really young or they started later on in life or they switched genres halfway through or just so many different things. So I love that you've, you knew at such a young age. I mean, I'm trying to think what I said. I was probably, <laughs> I think I wanted to be, I wanted to ride horses. Uh-huh. So you also had the loved, it's, it's that it's that saddle club, man. I just read it and I was like, this is going to be my life. <laughs> I don't know. Or I want it to, like, to be a vet or something. I don't know. But you knew and you actually like made it happen, um, which is so cool. And I love how you kind of like came to realize it. 
where you're like, wait a second, this is what I want to do. I'm going to have to, I don't want to regret not writing. And thank goodness. I'm so glad you had that because you blessed us with your novels. I, I, I feel like I'd be a different personality without your books, like just being real. I mean, so I'm really glad that you ended up, that you ended up like following your dreams. That is so awesome. Um, oh, so I wanted to ask you, so you've written, you wrote The Queen's Rising, you said in 2015? Mm-hmm. So that was the first one that was traditionally published. You have other books that you wrote, but have never seen the light of day. We'll never see them. Yeah, I have a few, not very many, but I will say when I was querying The Queen's Rising. So I wrote The Queen's Rising, yeah. and then they say when you kind of send your query out to all the agents, um, yeah. it's such a hard thing to be in those querying trenches. And so the number one advice yeah. I always tell you is like, go ahead and start working on the next thing. So like your mind's completely like not thinking about, okay, are these people going to read my query letter and like it? Or are they going to reject yeah. me? Um, and then of course, if you, let's say you queried like 200 agents and they all said, no, you have another book in the works that then you can bring forward to query. Like it's just always, you know, so I did, I wrote so this, I wrote this trilogy over the summer. It was one of those things where like I literally, um, and this is like a, a really long story that might need to be for another day, but um, I only sent three queries out because I was like so nervous about it. And right. two of the agents passed right away. But then one agent, Susie, was like, hey, this sounds amazing. Send me your full manuscript. So I was like, oh my gosh, like Susie wants the whole manuscript. So I sent it to her and this was like in May. And she was like, hey, if you don't hear from me in 90 days, give me a nudge. And I was like, 90 days? Like, oh my gosh. So literally the That's... whole summer, I was waiting and I was like, I should probably write more queries and send them out. Because she had, she was the only one with the manuscript. She didn't know it. <laughs> but I was like, I just had the feeling it was going to be her. I was like, I'm not sending anything else out. I'm just going to wait and see what she says. And so then I, I wrote this other book. And it was like so long, I ended up like breaking it into like three parts. But it was like, I guess it was great at the time because it kept my mind off of like the weight. Like, is she reading it? Is she yeah. not reading it? What's going to happen? Um, and again, like this story, it probably will never see the light of day. I probably would laugh if I went back and read it because I've grown so much. <laughs> since that but right. there were some really good ideas in it that I might like steal ideas and like put it into a like a future book like you I just never you just never know if some past idea that you wrote might come back around years later yeah oh that's so interesting okay well then I would love to as we see whatever you do in the future um to know like oh it was anything in there pulled from these books that we haven't seen I mean maybe. I think that all those I I mean maybe <laughs> all the ideas that are just in your head just waiting to be used. That's so cool. Um, and that's actually what, what one of our listeners wanted to know is if you had books that you'd never, that you never published. So I think that that's interesting to know. Um, so speaking of so these books that you've published, you've written both young adult and adult. Um, and you've kind of, and it's been all in the fantasy, the fantasy genre. Um, what's it like writing both YA and adult? Do you have to like switch your brain and are you going to do anything outside fantasy or do you think like fantasy is my happy place? Don't like, don't fix what isn't broken. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I really love writing for both young adults and adults. Obviously I began my career with young adult fiction, but when I wrote River Enchanted, I actually thought it was going to be a young adult book and it just kind of became an adult book. And I think that was my sign. Like, okay, I think I'm ready and I'm hungry to write about older characters and going through life stages that we don't normally see in YA because they're focused on the coming of age. And um, so I love writing both. It keeps me extremely busy. So 
I have been probably like the past two years, it has been like a nonstop ping pong game of like, why adult, why adult, you know, kind of going back and <laughs> forth, like deadline to deadline. Um, but I do love it. And um, I will say, what was the other question? Oh, fantasy. Um, yeah. I will say that's like, that is like my bread and butter. I've always loved fantasy books. Like when I was a kid reading, it was always a fantasy books. And of course, you know, the saddle club, but um, <laughs> I just really love fantasy books. So I think I'll probably stay like, this is like more my strength is the fantasy genre, but I'm right. always open to like, if I have an idea and sometimes I think I could do like a historical fiction, but I think I would still have like magical undertones to it. Like there's always going to be right. some type of magical feeling I feel like <laughs> with one of my books. But again, I just never know what idea might hit me. You know, if I ever have like right. a rom-com idea, like you just never know. Not saying that I, I feel like contemporary books are so hard to write. I'm just like in awe of authors doing the contemporary um, like rom-com yeah it says because I feel like it's so difficult but yeah I just kind of just see what happens I mean maybe 10 years from now who knows who knows what I'll be writing (laughs) who knows there's so many ideas in there in your brain I'm like I just want to get in there I just want to know what your ideas are oh that's so cool I love how you said that you love little elements of magic of it I think that just growing up just like you said bread and butter you just read that fantasy and you just love it and I think what was so amazing about what I will tell you about like your divine rivals which is the book that everyone's talking about right now. And everyone should read it, by the way. By the way, just put my little plug in. Everyone should read it. Why I love it so much is you've got the historical elements to it. But you've mm-hmm. got the fantasy in it. And it's just got everything. It's got everything going for it. And the romance. And the it's just like you just sprinkled in all the best stuff in there. And I am just I love fantasy. I love history. Because I got my degree in history. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, but I got my degree. In, yeah. Oh, loved history. So I got my degree in it, which was really cool. Um but I love fantasy. So when you put both together, I'm like, this is amazing. And then obviously the romance, because I'm here for the romance, obviously. <laughs> but I just, I love how you did that. I love how you just combined all of it. You kind of just are doing it all. You're doing it all, except the contemporary romance. But if you ever do, I mean, I'm there. I will okay. read your grocery list, okay? <laughs> I will read whatever you write. I love it. I just can't wait to see what else you just continue to do. Um, so you said writing is, uh, it's not easy to do when you were talking about just like sitting looking at a screen or staring at the ceiling I don't know if you know Hannah Witten I just have to throw this in here yeah too. Hannah, I love she I love her so much she's so awesome she was talking about <laughs> she posted this reel that was like come write with me and the reel was of her sitting in a chair spinning staring at the <laughs> ceiling yep I can <laughs> I relate to that <laughs> can you relate I was laughing yeah. so hard I'm like it was just hysterical it was so her it was so on brand for her Um, so I wanted to ask you like with the challenges of writing of what you've had to overcome, whether it's, I don't know, self-doubt or where you said, can I actually do this? What are the challenges you've had to face and how did you overcome them? Yeah, no, I think every, every person trying to write a book has like a moment, like you literally could be one day, like, this is the best idea I've ever had. I love everything I've written. And the next day, like, oh my goodness, I hate, I hate everything. This is awful. Like, what am I thinking? And it's really hard to, to sometimes push through those feelings when they creep in because it's almost inevitable that they will. Mm. And I one time heard Victoria Schwab say, um, and I think it, I think it was like, you have to want, like want it, like want over fear. Or I think, I hope I'm saying that right. But she basically talks about, you have to think about the love and the want of the story 
and it, it has to like overcome the fear of, oh my goodness, like this is a dumpster fire or whatever. <laughs> and um, I do think I am more of the drafting persuasion. So most of the time, I'd prefer to have a blank page in front of me and I love drafting. It's just that thrill and it feels just very magical and I'm very, I'm a discovery writer as well. So it's like, I usually will have a few things that I will see very clearly in a book that I'm planning to write, but I don't know everything. <laughs> like I don't okay. really, so I think it makes a very exciting drafting experience, but also very scary. There's been a couple of times I've been like halfway through a manuscript. I, I'll use Dreams Live Beneath as an example. I sold that one on a pitch. So it's like, I can write this book for you. It hadn't been written yet. (laughs) And that was so hard because then it's like, I had all this pressure. Like, oh my goodness, I told them I was going to write a standalone. Like, it's very hard to write a standalone, especially in young adult because you are very limited on word count. They don't want you writing a 150,000 word book. You know, they want it to be like 100,000 words. So you have to like build a world, build a character that people are going to like and relate to. Um, the conflict, like the resolution. And and it's just hard. So I remember like through James Lally Beneath, I was like, where, where is this going? Like, where am I ending? And I had to, I think I had to really sit down and be like, okay, let's get a journal out and actually like plan out like the last two acts. So you actually know what you're doing because right. it just felt so overwhelming. Um, yeah. And again, I think it's because I did, I sold it on a pitch and it's like, so it changed it. It changed things a little bit, but yeah, I do think um, a lot of, and I've heard people like compare writing to like a muscle and the more you use it, the stronger it gets. And so mm. I really do that I'm with like I, I sometimes have to tell myself Rebecca you've written multiple books at this point like you you can do this like you can actually sit down and finish a book you know how to write a story but it almost feels scary every time you start a new book like is this is this have enough legs to like actually run um, or am I gonna halfway through and be like what's what's happening and again that's probably the hard the hardest part about discovery writing um yeah I also say with revisions like my revisions are pretty difficult because I'm a discovery writer as well so I'm not yeah. having you know having to really go back and learn how to revise has been a challenge but I think working I've worked with multiple editors at this point and so they have really helped me see like what are my weaknesses because it keeps coming up in their notes like you know <laughs> um but yeah and and I think overall it's just the consistency and just not giving up it's almost like in publishing, you just have to have a lot of grit and determination. Like nothing is going to stop me. I'm just going to keep going and keep going and keep going because you love it and let that love overcome the fear and the negative thoughts that, of course, accompany any type of creative endeavor. Yeah, I can. I I love that the the love for it and the want to like make it happen is stronger than the fear. I mean, that is applicable over just your whole life. I feel like like I you never want to make your decisions based on fear. You want that, that pull of, I want to create something to be stronger than that. I think that's beautiful. I, I feel that as a, a, as a content creator, I know that sounds so silly, but on Bookstagram, well, (laughs) I mean, you write these books that are amazing and I'm like, I posted a cute little graphic today. (laughs) It just makes me laugh. You're so sweet. Um, I guess sometimes you just get that fear of like, are people going to think this is dumb? What are people going to think? Like, does that even matter? And all of a sudden I realized that instead of trying to make decisions based on my fear of what other people thought, I was like, what if I just want to do this because it makes me happy? And so yeah. I'm going to post what makes me happy. And it changes everything. All of a sudden yeah. it's like, this is amazing and happy. And it's, it's different from day to day, right? It's like what you were saying. One day you're like, yeah, 
totally got this. And then other days it's like, I don't got this. Ah. So I can totally relate with that. I just, I love, I love that you are focusing on how much you love it, how much you love it more than, more than being scared. And so you're just inspiring me to want to do that in my life too. So thank you for doing Aww. that. I'm so, I'm so glad. Keep it up. Keep writing. Don't stop. <laughs> don't stop. Yay. <clears throat> okay. Um, I wanted to ask you just this other question that, okay, when I read your books, I, there's, it's literally like physically painful in a good way. <laughs> Sorry. That's not a bad one. I said it like that. I mean, it, it, it hurts so much that I'm like, this is so, because it's so beautiful. Uh, sorry. I yeah. need to finish that sentence. Um, <laughs> the romance is so, and the pining and the, and the, the tension and the angst. I'm like, I can't breathe. I feel like there's this weight on my chest and it's just so good. And I just can't get enough of it. And I just am like, it's like a whole physical, emotional experience for me. And I just love how you write that way. And so I wanted to ask you, is this just like, is this just the Rebecca Ross magic or how do you write these, um, these just beautiful emotional love stories that are so sincere and so just, they're just beautiful. I don't know what else to say. Like, how do you do it? Oh, thank you. And you know, your comment reminded me one time I saw someone say Rebecca Ross's book is like, it's this nice warm hug, but then it's also like a razor scooter to the ankle at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've never heard of a more like appropriate way of describing my book. Um, <laughs> yes, that's it. No, thank you so much for the kind words. That like means so much to me to hear. And I think first of all, it's because I'm an Enneagram four, which means I'm like this very deeply emotional being, which a lot of authors end up being fours. Interesting. Um, like, what, what are you talking about? The Enneagram test is a personality test, and um, I always, anytime I do an event, I always like talk about it. And some people in the crowd are like, what, what is she talking about? And other people are like, oh right. yeah. Um, no, I, I love the Enneagram. I'm an Enneagram too. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, what's your wing? Wing three. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. What's your I'm wing? A wing five. So wing four, five. five. Although sometimes cool. I feel like my wing shifts sometimes. Like sometimes I have that three wing feel, but. Interesting. Um, Okay, but going back to the question, sorry, I'm like rambling no. <laughs> Um, I think one, okay, so one of my favorite books that I've ever written, or sorry, not written, read. I wish I had written it. Oh, no, one <laughs> of my favorite books I've ever read, and I read it, I reread it pretty often, and I that's saying a lot because I just do not have time to reread books these yeah. days. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Finnegan of the Rock, and it's basically the whole Lumetier Chronicle. So it's three books. So it's Finnegan of the Rock, Froy of the Exiles, and Quintana of Charon by Melina Marchetta. Have you read those books? I have not read them, but I'm okay. writing them down right now. Okay. I would love to know what you think about them because they, to me, they're they're fantasy books and they're young adult, but they have they have a strong crossover to adult. And the reason why I say that is because like both of our main characters are teens, but then. Melina also writes these small snippets from the adults' point of view, like all the adults and the teens' lives. And I love seeing these relationships between adults and teens, you know, because a lot of times in YA, we just kill all the adults off. We have no adults. We don't want to have to bother with them, you know, because like, oh, God, stop our teen from going out on a quest, you know? Um, (laughs) Yeah. But she writes about, there's all these different relationships and quite a few romantic relationships in that series. 
And I was like crying, like weeping over these secondary characters, like romance arc. And I was like, I don't know if I've ever really felt that way. Like I felt so deeply invested in every single like romance she was writing about. And they just felt so real. And so I often like reread her stuff because I feel like she's a master of character. And she's one of those rare authors who can write in any genre. She's done a few contemporaries. She's done like a thriller. She's done the fantasy series with Lumetier Chronicles. And everything really remains the same with her books is that she just is so good at writing these very messy, flawed characters, but who still, you just love them and you root for them. And the romances, again, they're not necessarily these like, you know, it's like, it's hard. It's hard work. And you see that yes. you see people really having to struggle um, and then learn about like how, like how they work together. So anyways, right. all that to say is when I'm approaching storytelling myself, like I almost want my characters to feel as if you already know them, like they're the people next door. They're not the most strong, powerful, you know, throwing lightning bolts type of magic. Like I almost want them to feel right. like, ordinary in a sense like they feel like they could be you and but they are called upon to do something very extraordinary that feels very brave and and I feel the same like with the romances like I want there to be a deep emotional connection and whether that is a lot of times I think when you're falling in love with someone like you may have like walls built up from something whether you were hurt in the past by something or you were afraid to trust someone else with your heart or whatever it could be and I think it's really beautiful to watch a character begin to really process things that maybe they had like never processed before. Um, yeah. You know, talk about Roman, like right now, like how he <laughs> built up walls and like, I can't really process and feel these things that have happened to me and this guilt yeah. that follows me. But it's learning, like when he begins to love Iris and open up to her and again, through letters, cause it feels safe. Cause it's like this anonymous, like letter writing. Right. So he's like, I feel safe enough to actually like say the things that I normally would be maybe afraid to say. Yeah. Um, that he his walls begin to come down. And I think it's beautiful when you see two people, each with their own individual struggles, make that emotional connection. And then they learn to trust each other and they feel safe with each other. And it's because of that safety. Yeah. Like, I will love you no matter what. And of course, it takes it might take us a while to get there. Um, but I just like that's the type of story I really love to read. I really love these, again, these deep emotional connections. I love seeing, not that I love seeing characters wounded, but healing from their wounds because I yeah. think life, is so messy and can be so hard and we go through very difficult things sometimes like I didn't even intend to write like grief plays a huge part in Divine Rivals and I honestly did not intend to go out writing a story about grief but I think it was a lot of trying to process grief that I had been through myself and like wow like this is just coming this pouring out but you know when you're grieving but also like moving a relationship forward at the same time and healing and like opening up and trusting someone like those are all things that, again, I like to see as a reader that I think just really resonate with me because it feels so real. Like with these Melina Marquetta characters, I feel like they could literally be next door neighbors to me. They just feel so real because, again, they're not perfect. Yeah. They're flawed. I still love them. Yeah. So hopefully that makes sense. I kind of went on like a tangent there. <laughs> no, no, that's awesome. I have it written down. I want to go find these books. And a, a lot of our listeners were wondering this same question where they're saying, "How? why do you write such painful stuff because you're saying listen it's real it's raw it's messy it's like what your neighbor is going through or what you're going through if we lived in a fantasy world you know like this is like the stuff this is the real stuff and I think that it's 
so compelling. It's so beautiful. It makes you care. I think that's my favorite thing about reading novels where you care about the side characters. You care about, you you have like three sentences about this one person and all of a sudden you're like, where are they? What are they doing? What's going on? You care what's happening to them. And I think one of our listeners did ask, um, they were asking, how do you write characters that people care about? And you were basically saying that if they are someone who could be you with these flaws, that's like very real, I guess. Would you say that that's how you write characters that people care about is by making them instead of just superhuman, they are healing from something that's going on in their life? Is that kind of what you were saying? Yeah. And, and of course, like, of course, there's always stories like sometimes we want to read about like a super a superhero or someone that's like, yeah. Ins- oh, true. Hot. Someone yeah. who can throw. <laughs> like, sometimes we live vicariously through those kind of fantasy books. True. Um, but I do think, me personally, I do tend to write like, um, like these quieter stakes in a sense. Like, I want these deeply personal stories. Yeah. And I, I do think it is something, again, that I am looking for are the stories that have meant a lot to me. And I'll mention Lovely War by Julie Berry as another book. And it's, it was a huge influence of mine for Divine Rev. Look at you. Like, you know what I'm talking about. Like that book so good. absolutely wrecked me. It like tore my heart out and then put it back together. And I remember um, my husband and I, like I read it years ago. I sat down and read it in, like one sitting because I couldn't stop. And then my husband and I went out to dinner and I was like, I, it was still so much on my mind. I was like trying to describe it to him and he's not a big reader. So he, he's married he's to an like, author, all these books and he's like, what has happened to my life? <laughs> um, no, but anyways, I was like trying to describe him this book and I was started crying. I'm like, I'm sitting in the Cheesecake Factory and I'm crying about <laughs> book, you know? Yes. It's a beautiful experience and I think it's because like she didn't shy away from the harder things or the more difficult things and yeah, um, and I just thought it was like really beautiful. So I hope that answered the question again. I kind of, I feel like I get like. <laughs> no, no, whatever, whatever you want to say, you just say it because I'm just eating it up. And I agree that I actually had, so I will tell you, I read Divine Rivals, was like a sobbing mess on the floor. I was talking to my friend Shannon and she's like, you need to read this book, Lovely War. I still need to talk to her and tell her about how I've read it and was completely destroyed again because I'm like, this is so good. So when you said like that you are inspired by that, it makes it, I just, it's the same feeling. Does that make sense? They're different books, but the feeling, if that's what you were going for, you nailed it because it was the exact same vibe for me of like, it hurts so much and I am so happy. So I'm just going to cry all the time. Like, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Everyone go read Lovely War and Divine Rivals. Just go read them. Oh, my goodness. So I love that you're trying to explain it to your husband. I relate so much. I'm trying to talk to my husband about books. He's like, what? <laughs> what does this mean? So funny. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, speaking of Divine Rivals, which is just, yeah, going so crazy right now. Everyone wants to read it, and I am so here for that. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Um, it's got so much publicity, and it's gotten so – it got very popular um, just on Bookstream, BookTok. I wanted to ask you, how how does that feel? The anticipation of – well, just people loving that book, and then the anticipation of Ruthless Vows, the, the one that's coming out next. Is it like 
scary or is it awesome or is it like all the feelings you're just like oh like what's going on (laughs) oh yeah I honestly have been just okay so Divine Rivals is my seventh published book so yeah I'm amazed when they hear that's like what like I have this whole backlist um I will say just the whole the whole journey of watching the book take off has just been just incredible like it honestly like takes my breath away when I think about it because um it was just something I never expected. And then just to see it resonate with so many readers and so many readers love it um, has just been like, honestly, one of the greatest honors of my author life. Um, but I, will say, I am so glad that I wrote Ruthless Vows before all of the the hype, because I right. think it would have crushed me <laughs> like trying to, like, oh my gosh, am I going to write a story that readers it lives up to their expectations because I want that so badly that every reader who loved Divine Rivals wrote Divine Rivals is going to go into the sequel also loving it. Right. I know that's a really impossible thing for an author to carry. Yeah. That I'm going to make every like every reader happy. <laughs> um, but I yeah. will say that um, Ruthless Vows it was a it was a hard book to write just because when you're again it's a sequel so you're carrying everything from book one and then you're continuing things and you're bringing in new things potentially and then you're wrapping everything up so um it was like I felt like I just like bled my entire heart into all that being said like I I am so appreciative of how many people are anticipating it I have never in my life had so many arc requests for this book (laughs) but I just feel flattered by it like that so many people want to read it early um yeah and I glad we shifted the pub date sooner so that way you know readers are not having to wait so long because I know the cliffhanger and divine rivals was pretty cruel um <laughs> just a little just a little bit <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry but not sorry I promise oh, like I loved it. Make it and um but yeah no like I again I'm just amazed like I still just I don't know it's hard to even describe how I feel sometimes it doesn't feel like it like happened in a weird way like my did I dream all of this like I don't <laughs> But it's still, it's very exciting and, and something I think every author, you know, you do, you like hitting the New York Times bestseller list is a, is a big deal. And I think a lot of authors dream of that. And I remember I had that dream, but it felt so distant because my books were, again, were very quiet releases. None of them were like big blockbuster bestsellers. And I was like, you know, I'm just doing this because I love it. And as long as an editor wants to keep buying books of mine, I'm just going to keep going and I'm glad there's readers who have found my work and love it as well. So, yeah. So it is very nice just to see more, it's basically more readers finding finding my books and I'm very yeah. appreciative of the readers who have shared it on Book Talk because it was like a snowball effect and all of a sudden a lot of people have heard about it and mm-hmm. and want to go out and read it. So it's been very exciting. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. I will also say I love that you wrote Ruthless Files before as well, because I cannot imagine how much pressure that would feel like. I feel like that would be so, so difficult and so like hard to keep it out of your writing to be like, no, like I'm going to write what I want to write and I write what you want to read, you know, Um and so I'm, I'm glad that you did too. And I just, I know it's going to be great. I mean, I will say I read, um, I read your cadence of your river enchanted and fire endless before divine rivals. And those are what like hooked me on. I'm going to read your grocery list, you know, like that thing. And so when people are like loving divine rivals and they're like, okay, I'm going to go back and read the other ones. I'm like, yes, like, yes. <laughs> 
Go read those because they are just incredible, incredible, incredible. And I want them to get as much. I just want everyone to love you because I love you. I'm like, everyone, go read these books. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> They're so good. Well, it's it's one of my the things that makes me happy on Bookstagram is when someone said, hey, I read this book that you recommended and I loved it. And so I ask people all the time, I'm like, okay, what's something that I've mentioned that you went and read and loved? And people are always saying Hannah Witten, Rebecca Ross. I'm like, yeah, that's why I exist is <laughs> to promote these authors. Like if I had to convince you to read these authors, it would be, it'd probably be Hannah and Rebecca. Like, let's be honest. So I love such a long way and I can't tell you how much that means to me because it really is like that word of mouth recommendation that really sells a book so yeah yeah oh you're welcome anytime are you kidding me I'm here all ways I'm here always with you (laughs) like for the rest of forever I'm going to be promoting your books because I just love them so much it's so great I, I think it's so interesting now that books become popular through social media. It's just such a different time and age that we live in. It just feels different than when we were growing up. You know, now it's like, as long as you can talk to someone about it through, I mean, you can talk to someone across the world and recommend a book to them. It's so cool. You just can get it everywhere. Right. And your books are getting translated into all these languages, right? They are. Yes. So cool. So cool. Um, Okay. So all of this aside, your amazing books, your backlist, all the books that you've written and some that we will never see, sadly, I still want to read them maybe and laugh with you. I'm sure they're great. Um, Do you have anything currently in the works that you can share with us? I know, I know, I know the publishing world is like, you can't say anything. You say nothing. You be shh and you say no things. But I'm like dying here. Is there any crumbs you can give us of what you're working on? Maybe. Actually, I took some time this morning to with my journal because it's it's been I took the summer off and it was good because I needed to rest. Yes. Yes, But now it's like, oh my goodness, so much is happening. And it's and it's because I'm kind of gearing up to promote Ruthless Vows. I was finishing up deadlines for Ruthless Vows. Right. Um, and it's just like, it's wild to me. Like, oh my goodness, like I have not had time to sit down and write. And I like, I actually need to actually sit down and write and figure <laughs> out what's coming up next, you know, because I've, I've had a few ideas that I've let simmer in the back of my mind for a while. Um, so all, all I will say is I, I'm currently working on or kind of developing my next YA, my next adult. Like I am still going to do both. Okay. And um, I have awesome. nothing has sold yet. So I'm kind of in that stage of gearing up to sell the next things, um, right. hopefully, <laughs> and then really just letting myself sit down and begin to write. And I, I have two really good ideas. Again, one for adult, one for YA. I'm not sure which one I will sit down. I kept telling myself over the summer I was going to write my next adult. And then again, I was like, I just think I need to take a break. And then yeah. now I'm like, which, which which story do I like devote myself like next to? So anyways, I'm very excited about the ideas. I wish I could say more, but I don't want to jinx myself or anything. Okay. But hopefully there will be more coming from me. Um, obviously, I don't have a book coming out next year because we bumped Ruthless Vows to this year. Yeah. So it'll be a year where I don't have any books coming out, which will be really strange for me, but I think probably good because it'll allow me to yeah. really sit 
and write the next things and right. Um, yeah. So yeah, hopefully I will have news at some point. Um, probably, obviously, probably next year as if any announcements happen. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm very excited. I always love this stage where it's like the brainstorming new ideas and it's a very fun stage for me. Yeah. I know you're saying that you love, this is the stage that you love, this drafting stage where you're like, this is what I'm going to do. And the ideas are flowing and you're like, what do I, oh, I'm so excited. That's amazing. I think that it's so great that you took the summer for that time to rest and heal with everything that you were going through. Um, and you like absolutely needed that and deserve that. And I'm so glad that you took that time, um, to just take care of yourself because I think that readers need to remember that authors are real people that don't just write these books in two days for, you know what I mean? Like you were going through so going through so much like the real stuff because we're real people just like what you write right and what whenever you're back in it and you're back into the writing thing um we're all gonna be here just waiting for you and not bothering you at all in any way except like in a, in a loving way of just because we're obsessed with your books and we love you never in a way that's like annoying or anything but i just I i'm so it. excited to see what you do Thank you. And it, it's funny. I remember like I saw a reader say one time, like, isn't it wild that we sit and read something in two days that took an author like a year to write, you know, like a year's yeah. amount of work we read in two days and now we have to wait. You know? Yeah. And we're like, so when's the next one? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Others are like, excuse me. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Well, whatever, whenever it comes, I'm so, I'm going to send you just all those good, those good vibes as you're deciding what to I I do do love to tease y'all. I love to tease y'all. So I don't know. I'll (laughs) probably start whenever I can, but thank you. (laughs) Like little things in your reels where I'm like, screenshot, zoom in as much as I can. What does she have here? (laughs) I need to see these words or like your little, yeah. You are, you are a tease. You are secretly a villain. You're in your villain era, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've been waiting my whole life for this now. <laughs> I've been waiting for this time. That's awesome. Okay, so we have a little bit. I've taken so much of your time already, but we have a little bit of time for some listener questions. And these are just so fun. Everyone, you've got a huge fan base that just love you and have the funniest questions that just made me laugh. And some of them are so fun. Um, So this first one is, where do you get your inspiration from? And I'm also curious as to this. Do these ideas just pop into your head? These are just... Rebecca Ross magic. Like, what is it? (laughs) You know, sometimes they literally do. It's like a lightning strike of inspiration I will see someone in a situation or saying something that's really odd or I'm like what you know what's going on here what what is who is this person where are they so if it is I'm usually I'm a very character driven writer so I usually always see characters first before the world and so I'll see the character and again just have to keep asking questions like who are you like what do you want like what's going on Mm -hmm. like um, but I honestly get inspiration from anything, everything. So sometimes it's mm-hmm. something as simple as like a dream from the night before or a conversation I have with someone, or maybe even like a documentary that, that I watch or just going for a walk in nature and just like letting my mind kind of wander. Like I, I'm a very yeah. big component of like letting, like not boxing my imagination in, but letting it like grow outside the box. And like, what, what about this? Or what if this happened? What if this happened? So it's really asking yeah. a lot of questions. And letting yeah. my mind just kind of off its leash that I find like my best ideas. 
I love that. That's awesome. Just letting it, letting your mind just kind of discover it. You're like a discovery writer, a discovery, like inspiration, thinking of what you want to write about. That's so cool. I love that. Um, sorry, there are just so many people with like writer questions. I could tell a lot of these questions come from aspiring writers. Um, someone was wondering, what are your writing essentials when you're writing? Or is there stuff that you just like have around all the time? Yeah. So I, I love to have, I usually have multiple drinks on my desk. So I like <laughs> either like coffee or I'll have tea and then I'll have like water. Sometimes I'll have like kombucha, um, <laughs> unsweet tea. Like I just, sometimes I just accumulate glasses. And it's just <laughs> my word. Um, so always like some type of comfort drink. And then, um, I love having a candle burning. I love recently. I'm like, I want to have like fresh flowers on my desk when I'm working. And sometimes I'll cut them from my yard. Like I have a lot of hydrangeas this year. Mm. I've cut hydrangeas. So just something very like happy and cheerful about having flowers. Yeah. Um, and then I don't normally, like every now and then I might have like a, obviously I have my, my journal open for that book. So because I'm a discovery writer, like I'll be writing, but then I might see something like five chapters to come. So I'll like scribble it down. So I always have to have like a blank somewhere and pens. Yeah. Um, so those are probably like my essentials. And I do like, I do like to write to music. So I'll have my Spotify playlist playing in the background. That's cool. Do you share, do you share your playlists? Or are you kind of like, these are mine? <laughs> yeah, no, they're public. Usually I might keep them private while I'm writing, but then I usually make them public readers can also enjoy them because some readers do like to listen to them while they're reading the book yeah um, yes, you can it's I think my 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 Spotify handle is the same as my Instagram it's just Becca J Ross okay so I have all my books playlists there that's so cool okay for our music listening or people just love playlists and stuff Becca J Ross okay I'm writing that down too because that's so cool I love that you have that that's awesome um so another person was wondering what was the most challenging part or best part of writing like with letters. They said, I don't know how to say this word. Um, <laughs> epistolary. Uh, am I saying Blurry. that right? <laughs> it's kind of a weird word. Um, <clears throat> you know, that's a great question. I think I, I loved. Okay. So the book is written in third person and mm -hmm. I I love third person. I love writing it. I love reading it. I was really surprised. Some people are like, I don't really like third person, but I read this book and then, you know, about divine rivals ended up liking it. I'm like, wow, some people don't like third person. And I guess it's because sometimes people feel too distant. Um, oh. But I like it because it has a very epic feel. It enables me to move. Like if I have two different characters, I'm not worried about like constantly making sure their first person narration sounds different enough so readers don't forget whose head am you know whose head am I in you know anyways oh, yeah but it's kind of like with the letters you get to cheat a little bit because they are in first person so it still has that very intimate like right. very beautiful like introspective feel to these characters so I loved having like the third person storytelling with the first person letters which is yeah. like nice little, like, flex to have both <laughs> and then um I do think maybe like the challenging part was just making sure like what I was conveying in the letters was right. either like moving the for the story forward. Like none of the letters were just like taking up blank space. Like they needed to be very right. purposeful in what they were trying to accomplish. Um, even if it was just like that very deep character development, emotional connection, mm -hmm. the walls coming down, like um, I mentioned earlier. Yeah. But I also am a big fan of mixed media type of story. So I love even seeing the two different fonts on the page, like something to just make it interesting to your eye when you're looking at it. Like, ooh, like 
pretty typewriter fonts. Um, so yeah, yeah, I've always wanted to write an epistolary story. So this was just something that had been brewing for many, many years. So I was like, when I found the right, the right characters and the right story, I was like, oh yes, it's finally time to write that letter story that I've wanted to do. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love that so much. I do love how they made the letters look in the book. That was so fun. And I think they did the same thing. I've kind of seen that in your, um, the River Enchanted or Fire Endless had some stuff in there too that just kind of mixed it up a little, which is so fun. Um, and I love that. That makes a lot of sense where it goes back and forth between first and third person where you can have both. You're like, I just want everything and I'm going to have everything. It's so cool. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, okay. So you've written, oh, you've written a lot of books. Like you said, you've had seven. Do you have a favorite? Okay. I know it's an awful question. No one likes this question. Do you have a favorite character that you've written or just talk about one of your characters and why you love to write him? Cause how can you choose a favorite? <laughs> yeah, it is like, it's like pick a favorite child type of deal. <laughs> um, Obviously, there are some characters that did come easier than others when I'm writing. And, of course, like Iris and Roman, I will love them for eternity. But I will mention Sidra from A River Enchanted was probably one of my favorite characters I've ever written. Anytime I was writing her chapters, they literally were the most effortless, just beautiful things. Like, I can't even describe. Like, the experience of writing her, like, I always looked forward to her chapters because it wasn't ever a struggle. Like, she just, like, flowed out of me. And I just... I just loved her so much. Like she's the type of person, like, I want you to be real. So I could like actually know you and like go to your, go to your cottage and like, you can brew me a cup of tea and we can talk at the table type of deal. But yeah, uh, yeah, I would have to say Sidra. I love that. Oh, that's so beautiful. I loved her character. I love that her and make sure I'm saying this right. Is it Torin? Mm-hmm. Okay. Make sure I'm saying it right. Their relationship was just beautiful I was talking to my friend about it and she was saying the same thing where she said their love story is just one of the greatest romances I've ever read and I'm like agreed I think it's so awesome when I see authors write um like people that are together people that are already together whether it's by choice or by convenience or anything and then it's how their relationship progressed from there where you kind of come in in the middle and I love ones that were like, they're already, like I said, like they're already together because I love learning from them. I, I say this a lot on here, but I internalize books a lot. I internalize stories where I'm like, what can I learn from this? How does this apply to me? I just, it's just something that I just do where I'm like, what would I do in this situation? And I love reading those stories because I'm like, okay, how am I fostering my own relationship with my husband or my relationship with other people? And I feel like I learned from their story from Torn and Cedra a lot was their character development of letting down walls to let someone love you. It was beautiful. Oh, just, mm, mm, just so Thank beautiful. You. That means so much to me. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you love their story. And I think it's interesting. Um, I, when I wrote that book, Jack and Adara were like the main love story, but then yeah. Torn and Cedric feeling more and more of like more chapters. I just kind of envision them being like very like secondary characters. And then it was, I don't know something about them. Like they kind of swept me away as well. And, and yeah, a lot of readers love Jack and Adair, but I think yeah. most readers love that Torn and Sidra's story is what really like sticks with them. Yeah. 
For sure. I mean, I love a childhood enemies to, I mean, I just am such a sucker for that. So I loved them too. I love, I just loved all of it. I just, oh, it's all so good. It's so fun to connect with those stories with like your own. Um, okay. We talked about this a little bit. Would you say, as someone wanted to ask, what was your favorite book as a child? And what about now? Would you say those Saddle Club were your favorite books as a kid? Or did you have Maybe. a different favorite book? Yeah, no, I definitely, like, I had almost every single book. I wish I knew what happened to them. But I, I love The Saddle Club, for sure. I will also say the the Chronicles of Narnia, particularly The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, was a huge mm. influence. Like, I, we had this kind of weird closet in our house at the time where you open it and there's, like, a step up into it. And I would go and sit in that in that closet and try to get to, to Narnia. Go- yeah, it's like that wardrobe magic came back around even in Divine Rivals, right? Like there's something very magical about a wardrobe door. Right. Um, so definitely like Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. And then as a teen, it was Lord of the Rings. I was very much obsessed with Lord of the Rings. So um, But now, gosh, that's hard. I think I've mentioned really <laughs> – I've mentioned my, my Lumetere Chronicles, Lovely War. I also – really love Daughter of the Forest by Juliet Marillier. So that's probably another one that's like a top favorite of mine. Okay. So you would recommend it? I do. Yes. Definitely check check the trigger warnings because okay. um, it can, like, it, 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 there's a part of it that's really hard to read. So I always like to make sure readers know like – Oh, like, going in. Warning. But it's a beautiful – like by the end, I was crying. And again, it's one of those books I was trying to t- explain to my husband and was just like – so deeply moved by it that I couldn't even get the words out. You know, it's just a very beautiful story. Right. I love it. I'm definitely going to look that one up and see if that's something. So for our listeners, if you are looking for more book recommendations, Rebecca Ross is growing your TBR even more because (laughs) that's what we do here. (laughs) I love that. Um, Okay, another person wanted to know, how do you select your character names? Iris, Roman, Sidra, Torin, Jack, Adira. These are, they're so fun. How do you, do you come up with them? Do you, do you have like a baby name book? I don't even know. I don't even know. What do you do? (laughs) No, I will say I use the Nameberry website, which is the baby name website all the time. Because it's very helpful. They break it down into lists, right? So it's like, I'm looking for a very like, a nature inspired name or a celestial inspired name or a historical sounding name. And they'll just give you this whole list and they give you like the, what the names mean, like where they come from, which I think also can play into a lot of like, you know, choosing names for your characters. Yeah. So yes, definitely that name very website. I also like behind the name, um, which is another mm. website. But I do try to write, like I try to always have like a list of names. If I've come across names and like before or names that I've really loved, I'm like, I really want to use this one day for a character yeah. I will just write them all down and have like a list. And so um, like Roman was a name I had been carrying around for a while. Like I really want to name a character Roman. Um, uh-huh. And I think with Iris, like I love like any type of botanical type of name. And so yeah. it was like, we, I have irises that grow in my yard. And uh-huh. I think I was like, yeah, Iris is just such a really pretty name that I think that that would be perfect for her. And then I was like, well, what if even like her mother had like a floral name and her grandmother had a floral name and, um, so kind of yeah. like carrying on a mission, but yes, I definitely think names can be very hard, like to find ones, um, that really match your character. And it's the most annoying thing ever. Like when you're writing a story and you get maybe like 50 pages in, and then you realize you have too many characters with names that begin with M and you have to go and change one. Like that has happened to me so many times. Like I love, I love names that begin with A. I love names that begin with C. I love names that begin with M. 
Like uh-huh. there's way too many for a reader. You're seeing, you know, you want each like character to have a name that begins with a different letter almost. So it really helps. You don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I could just, sometimes when I'm reading and there's too many like a names, I'll get them to do something. But right. um, yeah, definitely just like, and sometimes it's like people that name their kids something really beautiful. I'm like, well, it's a beautiful name. Like I'm going to, I'm going to use that. Or I will yeah. occasionally, even when I'm finding readers books and I'll come across a reader with a beautiful name that I've like, whoa, like, your name is beautiful. I might steal it one day. And they're like, I would love that. So <laughs> they're like, yes, please write a book about me. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> um, okay. So another writer question. I did not know this. Someone's asking about a writer blog, about writer blog posts. Did you have a writer blog that you would, or that you currently have or I think they're probably at, they're probably talking about on my website many years ago I would feature like different topics on my blog on the website. So it okay. has been a really long time. Like I honestly haven't I'm so bad about updating my website. I just recently put Ruthless Vowels up. I was like, Oh, I need to change like pre order links to actual like purchase links because books have come out and I'm like the one running it and I am not technological savvy and like sometimes I'm looking at this like inner workings of WordPress and like, what is this? Um, <laughs> But no, I used to, I did, I used to have, um, like, like blog posts for writers. Um, you know, maybe one day, like I might do that again, but I think at the time I literally like, I'm so busy, busy to the point that I've never been before and I'm having to live by my calendar and I'm struggling to even find time to write my books that it's like, I probably at the time, the season I'm in, no, but hope maybe like, I, you know, I love doing stuff like that. Um, talking about craft. Never say never. Yeah. I'm sure I'll come around to it. <laughs> just whenever it happens, you've got so much going on. Like, I just, I'm so grateful that you're here talking to me when there's so much you could oh, be yeah. doing. I, really- I wouldn't miss it. I, I have thought because I would, sometimes I don't even know what, what do people like aspiring authors want to hear from me. And so I've right. thought about maybe poll on Instagram, like, hey, if I ever taught a workshop or if I ever taught oh. a class, like what is the thing you want me to teach on because I'm sometimes like I don't even know what I would what I would choose but I I think it would help me to know what are readers wanting or, or other authors wanting so yeah. I might do the my story like the poll in my story soon but that's cool yeah you totally should like I'm trying to think that my author friends that go to workshops and they go to um things where they're learning from authors and it's really cool so I think you should totally I mean it, I'm not going to tell you what you should do, but if that's ever in your future, that would be really, really cool. And I know a lot of people that would just, oh, sign up in a heartbeat or they would totally be there. Um, so that's cool. I didn't know that you had that, but I, I get I get the not updating website thing. I It's just so hard to do everything. There's just so much to do. Um, okay, let me see if there – I just have this – list of these questions so I'm trying to see if there are any other ones that are about writing oh here's another one okay how long does it take you we, we kind of talked about this where readers read it in two days but it takes writers like a long time to write a book how long does it take you just on average to write a book do you think so because I am a very fast drafter I can write a book in two to three months now that is like with nothing else going on in my schedule, it's like there's no other deadlines. I'm not traveling anywhere. Like I can literally just get up in the morning and sit down and draft all day. Yeah. Um, I will say, and again, 
I don't know, like with these upcoming novels I'm wanting to to write, I'm probably going to plan in plenty more times. I just, over the past two years, I've worked so much that I think my body was a little bit like, like breaking down almost. <laughs> like stop. I've had to, I've had, yes, I've had to be like, okay, I need to completely restructure my daily routine in a way that's going to support my body. So I'm not sitting crunched at my desk, like writing mm. for 10 hours. Like that's not a healthy thing to do, Rebecca. And then I'm not eating anything until I get really hungry. And then I eat junk food when I need to be eating things that are going to actually like you know, yeah. fuel me, fuel my brain for, for this type of work. But yeah. typically two to three months, we'll see. And again, we'll see how fast I can write these next ones. But I do, it's that feeling of like, when I start a book, like I want to get it finished as quickly as possible. Like I just, I need to get it out. So it's that type yeah. of like, so I can sleep at night and not be thinking about when I'm writing, like, let me try to write it quickly. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. But that's, because I'm a drafter and I'm, and you know, some people who are like, what? Three months? But then those people are like excellent revisers and they just like yeah. love the revising process. So it's really interesting. Like sometimes you fall one way or the other, whether you love drafting, you love revising. Right. Yeah. I feel like there's like, everyone's got different strengths. And for you, it's like, I can get that story down real fast, but then everything that comes after, maybe it's easier for someone else. So just kind of focusing on your strengths and having people that help you with your weaknesses and taking care of your body. Oh my gosh. I'm totally with you on that. My body's like, you will rest or I will make you. And then I get super sick and I'm like, ah, that was my body being like, I'm gonna make you rest because you're not <laughs> like, okay, I'll listen. I'll try to listen. So take care of yourself. Everyone take care of yourself, please. <laughs> and you too, Rebecca, take care of yourself. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Just looking for any more writers. Um, let's see. How long does it take you to write a book? Oh, so someone was asking about when you will write your next adult fantasy. So for that listener, that's in the works and we'll just see what that Very happens. Soon. Very soon as that happens. All right. I've got a ton of questions, a ton of Divine Rivals questions. So let's just dive into these because okay. they're just so fun. They're so fun. Um, someone was asking about, okay. And for our listeners that haven't read divine rivals yet, I would just skip forward a few minutes. Cause we're going to talk about some stuff that maybe not really spoilery, but just skip a little bit. <laughs> um, so this listener is asking, is the third typewriter getting letters too? And does this come into play into ruthless vows? And you do not have to answer this. You don't have to say anything. But if you want to, you can. <laughs> I, know, I definitely don't want to spoil anything. I will say that's a great insight or a great thing to be thinking about because the okay. third wit is still like, I mean, think about it. The, the three were connected at one point. So you will definitely get the answer to this in Ruthless Vows. All right. Okay. There you have it. The answer is in Ruthless Vows. Oh, that book. Oh, Somebody sedate me until Christmas so I can read that book. Oh, okay. Um, all right. This one is, uh, oh, what are the personality types of Iris and Roman? Do they, do you know their Enneagram or their um, Myers-Briggs? Like, Yeah. So I haven't done the Myers-Briggs, um, but I, I do know their Enneagrams. So Iris is naturally a four, a wing three, and then Roman is a three with a wing four. So they're kind of like you know, mirrors of each other in a weird sense. Um, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Just based on my knowledge of Enneagram, I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. He's totally a three. Oh my goodness. I love that. 
I love that. Okay. Yeah. For people that are not doing, per- I love personality type tests, like personality quizzes. And I make my husband take them because I'm like, I want to learn more about you. And he's like, this is so weird. <laughs> um, Dude, they're probably insightful though. Like the Enneagram one scared me a little bit. Like when I was like, what is this? And I took it and got my results and I'm reading all about it. I'm like, oh my, oh my word. This is so, this is so uncanny because it's very, they're basically describing me, but <laughs> yeah. All the good and the weaknesses. That's like my least favorite part. I'm like, don't tell me. Don't tell me what I'm not good at. Just tell me. That's my three. Tell me what I'm good at. First, this is what you do. It's like, oh, (laughs) I didn't need to know that truth. (laughs) It's like, no, no. That's so awesome. I love that. So listeners, go look up the Enneagram and then you can read about what Iris and Roman are like. And I love that um, there's a little bit of you in there. There's a little bit of you and Iris. That's beautiful. I love that. Oh, can I ask you, can I ask what your, um, you said your husband, did you uh-huh. know his, his Enneagram? Just curious. I made him take it. <laughs> um, he is a one wing two. Okay. Oh my gosh. I married a one too. He's a one wing nine, but okay. a one. Okay. That's so One's interesting. interesting. To be married to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're fun. <laughs> Well, well, we'll chat about this. We'll chat about this um, later. Bless our listeners for, <laughs> thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> um, okay, more Iris and Roman questions. This one's hilarious. What would Iris and Roman sing at karaoke night? <laughs> okay, so I, I think Iris would totally do Taylor Swift, The Great War, because I mean, come on, that song is like, <laughs> yeah, it's just totally for them. So she would definitely get up and sing that. Yeah. And then this was this was wild. I had never it never even crossed my mind to like a reader tagged me in something. We're like, oh my goodness, um, the song "Iris" by the Goo Goo Dolls. Like, there's a line in it. Like, I, I want you to know who I am, which is kind of like what Roman when he's writing his letter. And I was like, I didn't even like think about. It. I grew up listening to that song, but oh, yeah. I think Roman would definitely karaoke that song. Yes. Oh my gosh. Goo Goo Dolls. That's so good. That's so true. I didn't even think about that line. I grew up listening to that too. That is such a good point. Now I want to go listen to it. I bet that's on your, is it on your playlist for them? You know, it's not, but I feel like it deserves to be there. So I probably should put it. Maybe <laughs> I, I'm getting browse playlist together. So maybe I will sneak that song on there. Sneak it in there. That's awesome. <laughs> Okay. Um, are you uh, another question? Are you sad to say goodbye to Iris and Roman? I can tell how much you love them and care about them. Are you gonna? Are you gonna be okay? I, you know, it it'll be weird moving on to a different book and new characters for sure. Um, so yeah, I am sure I will miss them. I know I still miss Torin, Sidra, Adair, and Jack. And so it's like, and that book was, you know man, I still miss them. And I, yeah, a hundred percent will miss Iris and Roman. Oh, same. Oh my goodness. I'm like, I want to read this book, but also like, I don't want it to end, but I will probably go back and reread. They're just, oh, I will also miss them. Uh, um, okay. Let me see if, make sure I've asked all the Iris and Roman questions. They're just so fun. Um, Yes. Okay. Those are all of them. Just a few more just random questions for you. People just love getting to know you. This one's hilarious. Uh, what's your favorite video game to play? Do you play video games? Are you? <laughs> I do, and I love the question. I'm so glad someone asked it. I am a huge gamer. It's one of my ways, like when I turn in a deadline and I've been working nonstop, 
I will have a PlayStation day where I'll just stay in my pajamas and play PlayStation all day and will not feel guilty about it. And it's really how I like decompress <laughs> from my job. I love um, it. My, my favorite game, hands down, is God of War. Um, I love the God of War franchise. So like um, I played God of War 3 and that one was actually a lot older, but God of War 4 is incredible. And God of War 5 is also really, really good. Um, I also of course, love Skyrim. That is just a yeah. classic. Um, I also really love The Witcher 3, The Wild mm-hmm. Hunt. Such a good game. And honestly, like I played it all the way through, the storyline all the way through. And like the very last scene like gave me chills. And I was like, oh gosh, I wish there was like another one to play after this. A lot of times I just go back and replay them. Um, yeah. So those are probably my top, my top ones. That's so cool. I did not know that about you. That is so fun. I Do you game with oh, your husband? Oh, Dragon, oh. Dragon oh. Age. I I forgot. Dragon Age because I love that one because you can romance the other characters. And I just love having that like, romantic like twist to it like ooh, who do I want to romance this time and then like you like you know you're romancing them I just love that and it's like another like kind of medieval fantasy setting so again very inspiring to play that's so cool okay I didn't know that was even a thing but that makes okay that is one that I would absolutely play because this is gonna make you laugh anytime my husband is playing these games I'm like where's the romance in it (laughs) so he'll be playing um he was playing Zelda and I'm like, this is so cool. And I just watched all the cute memories with Link and Zelda. And I was like, this tension is so good. They're so in love with each other. When are they going to like be together? And he's like, we've all been wondering that for years. And I'm like, what? They're not. They're not like canon. What are you talking about? Like, And so I'd be like there for the cute moments. Or when we were playing the Harry Potter one, I was just doing the cute fun stuff. And he would do all the battling and stuff because it's he's so- just we're like tag teaming it but I'm like oh my gosh is this gonna be like a cute romantic thing with like this Slytherin boy I'm like ooh, because I'm Gryffindor like this is so enemies to lovers or whatever (laughs) so I love that there's romance in it it does it it like makes it it gives us just a whole new dynamic um and I won't say I don't want to spoil it but there was one character that I romanced in my first playthrough of Dragon Age and it was like the most heartbreaking one and so I was just like by the end I was like Oh my gosh, my heart is just like shattered. Like it hurts so bad. No. Um, so yeah, definitely check out Dragon Age if you're looking for like adventure. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, I'm totally gonna like because <laughs> I I will say I I didn't I didn't grow up gaming, but I married someone who loves to, and I love to like either read while he games or it's just like match made in heaven. But sometimes I'll like I'll dabble. And so maybe I'll like buy him that for like Christmas or something or for his birthday and be like, you should try this. <laughs> We're going to play Dragon Age. I'm going to buy this for you and I'm going to play Dragon Age on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to buy this for you. And yeah, I'm putting this on like the Christmas list for him. So then it's like buying for him, but really it's because that sounds like so much fun. I love that. <laughs> um, okay. Another person is wondering what your thoughts are on fanfic. Do you love fan fiction? Like writing it or reading it or... So I've never written it. I do love reading it. And I will say really the only fan fiction I've read, I probably, I need to branch out, but the only one I've read is Germione. So I'm a huge Germione shipper. Um, but yeah, I, I love fan fiction. There was a time, I think in 2020 when like everything with COVID was happening. I like read fan fiction like a couple times, like almost all through that year because I was almost like I needed something comforting, you know? Yes. And I just, I don't know. I just was like, this is exactly what I need to read right now. <laughs> <Some fan. laughs> 
This is what I need in my life. (laughs) Okay, what's your favorite? I'm going to just write this. I want to write this down. Do you have like a favorite Dermione fan fiction that you've read? Or do you have a whole list? I'm like, just tell me. (laughs) I have. Let me think. It's been a while since I've read. I will say one that like absolutely like was so – it's so good. It's the – I think it's called the – Oh my gosh. Now I'm like blanking on the title. Oh my gosh. I can't, I don't even know how to pronounce the author's name. It's like one of those weird, yeah. one of those weird, um, it's, I think it's the secretary's wife or the, the politician's wife. It's the reason why I love it. It's, it's Hermione first person and it's set okay. like years, they're like in their forties. And so it's just like this very different feel and it just like, oh my gosh, it just like punched me in the chest. It was so good. Okay. I'm trying to think of others that I really like. But I'm gonna completely blank on them now that you've asked me. Oh, I might have to okay. mess. When yeah, I have okay. to go back, <laughs> go back and okay. find it. And just I'll send it to me. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to put you on the spot. Okay. Yeah. Just just tell me later because I I love I loved your writing that picture too. Um, <laughs> that's so cool that you read that you read fanfic too. This is just so fun. I love getting to know you through these just these fun questions. Okay. I think. Those are all of our listener questions. I'm pretty sure. Let me just double check because a lot of these, you like I said, you have such a dedicated fan base and they love, I had so many, so many questions for you, which was so fun. Aww. Let me just make sure that all of our listeners are getting the answers that they want. And what was fun too, is as we talked, you kind of answered some of the questions as we talked along, which was really fun. Um, yep. We did Iris and Roman personality types, fan fiction, video games. It's so cool. Um, I think that's all of them. So I just, before I let you go, thank you so much for, um, for being on here and taking the time, uh, before I let you go, uh, is there anything that you want to share with our listeners or with your, um, with your readers that just love your books? Is there anything that you just want to leave our listeners with before we're done? Yeah. First of all, thank you so much for having me again. It's so nice to get to chat with you. And honestly, I'm just I'm just very thankful for anyone listening, um, anyone that has picked up one of my books, read my books, recommended my books. Like it just means a lot to me. Um, I would not really wouldn't be here without without y'all. I, you know, you're the reason why I'm writing. You know, I always think of when I when I first draft a book, I write it for me because it's like very messy and it just kind of comes out on the page. But then when I'm revising, like I'm revising for you when I want to write a story that you love and that a story that feels like home to you, whether it's like this comfort read or just a cozy read or something that just like takes your breath away. Um, So I'm just like very honored again by, by so many of you who have read Divine Rivals. We're talking about Divine Rivals. It's my most recent release, but um, it just means a lot to me. And it really, really has given the book wings because you have recommended it so much and loved it so much and, and posted about it. Like all those things are so they're just so helpful for authors. So just know, like, never feel like worried or like, maybe I shouldn't like tell an author I love their stuff because it's like wind in our sails. Like we really need it to keep going on those days. And we're like, what am oh. I doing? Like, <laughs> no. Um, yes, I'm super excited to share Ruthless Vows with all of y'all. Um, I promise like all the pain and angst, like it's going to be so good. I love the book so much. When I was rereading it again um, for first past pages, I just yeah. like, I, oh my gosh, like I just loved it so much. And <sighs> that book's coming out December 26th. It's kind of a strange day for a book to come out. It was the day after Christmas. Um, <laughs> but 
Um, yeah, it's, it's coming out very soon. It'll be maybe the last book you read of the year. And if you're interested in like keeping up with updates, cause I know I get a lot of questions about the UK cover for Ruthless Vows, which mm-hmm. I've seen a mock-up, but I haven't seen the final, but hopefully finals coming soon, but all of that stuff, if there's going to be any type of like signed personalized copies of my, of Ruthless Vows, mm-hmm. I will announce it on my Instagram. And I'll also be sending out a newsletter at some point. I'm not a very, I don't send out a lot of newsletters, but I usually Great. send one out before a book releases. So okay. um, yeah. Instagram is my, my number one place to find me, Becca J. Ross. It's my most active social media. And then you can find my newsletter sign up on my website. All right. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. For our listeners, lots of information there. And thank you so much for blessing the world with you, with your books, with your words. Um, I know that we are all grateful for you for writing these amazing stories that have just, they, they change lives and they touch hearts and they are just so... I mean, I, I cracked the joke that I'd be a different person if I, if, um, if I've never read them, but it's actually like really actually quite true. And so we are just grateful for you. I'm grateful for your books and just keep going. And I hope that those days where you're like feeling either like, what am I doing? I hope those days are few because (laughs) I will read whatever you write. But you've literally just inspired me and like recharged my battery. So now I'm ready to go and like draft these new stories. Yeah, you go, you go. Anytime, anytime you need to recharge, I volunteer. <laughs> I volunteer to you. I am there. If you ever need anything, be like, hey, I'm feeling kind of weird today. Be like, listen, <laughs> you got this because we're just rooting for you with whatever is in your future. Um, just excited to see what you do. It's going to be so awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So for our listeners, this is Rebecca Ross. She is amazing. She writes incredible, emotional, beautiful stories. Go read her books. And while you're waiting for Ruthless Vows, which honestly is going to be the best Christmas letdown book, because instead of being sad that Christmas is over, you can read Ruthless Vows. I'm like looking forward to it being over, which is very unlike me. Anyways, um, (laughs) it's just, I think it's perfect. Um, Go and read her backlist, all these incredible stories that she's written while you're waiting for Ruthless Vows. And thank you again. I just got to say thank you again, Rebecca, for being on here and for taking the time to chat with me. I am just so thankful. So thank you. Oh, yeah. My pleasure. Thank you again for having me. All right. For our listeners, stick around. There will be more author spotlights and more podcast episodes on the way. that's a wrap for this episode of story hooked remember every story holds the potential to change your life keep exploring and always always read for joy